I don't understand a lot of this stuff, but I took a blowjob class. What do you mean you took a blowjob class? I did. I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. My mother is a self-proclaimed sex expert, cougar, and the world's oldest living millennial. And my son is a self-proclaimed stand-up comic, mime, clown, and of course, a human fountain on America's Got Talent. You might be wondering, why the hell are these two talking about sex every goddamn week? Because we like it. We like it. We also want to offer you a laugh. We think that you might want a sex tip, usually for my mother, not for me. destigmatizing. <laughs> Actually, you're becoming better at sex tips than I oh, am able you. to impart. And we're trying to break down those barriers and destigmatize the whole idea about communicating about sex to anybody. Bingo. Today is no exception. We have oh. an incredible episode coming up. This one is is not to be missed. We we interviewed. Wait, we're gonna do some I housekeeping. Always, I know. I always want to tease it though. Okay. Okay. Just just, just so basically just don't, don't turn off this podcast, and I'll get the teaser. Very if you want to learn about uh, providing orgasms, keep keep listening. This is the worst teaser I've ever heard. <laughs> it's kind of true though. No, not at all true. Okay. Can I tease it now? Yes. Okay. My friend Ellen Hewitt. Is a writer for, for Bloomberg, Business Week. She just released an incredible expose story on the orgasmic meditation community called One Taste. This article is called The Dark Side of the Orgasmic Meditation Company. All right, don't say anything else. That's a good tease. Oh, all right. All right. So, Onward all right. to reviews. All right. All right. All right. So we, we love when you guys leave us reviews. It really helps us with our um, search engine optimization. Yes. SEO as they will. Wow. You tech savvy mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we, we want to uh, give a big th- shout out to our most recent review, which was Abby 25667755444. This, <laughs> this subject line is never a dull moment, five stars. She says, I find myself quoting things I heard on this podcast no constantly. Way. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what the hell she could be quoting. Always happy to see a new episode show up on my feed. Also, made sh- make sure to watch Cam's episode on America's Got Talent, which was over the top in a good way, I think. Wow. Well, she's absolutely right. If you don't subscribe, you don't know when we're on, and you don't get that little notification, it says that we've uploaded a new podcast. We also really, really appreciate when you share this with a friend. That really is the best way for this podcast to get out there. It's called so, word of mouth, so not spitting in each other's mouth like you, in America's Got Talent, but word of mouth. If you are <laughs> listening to this on a so train, on a plane, in in a in, in an automobile, in a car with a box with a box, yes, tell whoever's sitting next to you it's a good icebreaker. Hey, when was the last time you talked about sex with your parent? Exactly. You think they're going to have those conversations? But it is a really good idea to share it when you're out at a bar and you're trying to meet somebody. It is a good conversation piece. Yeah. And by I actually think that by bringing it up, you kind of you kind of acknowledge that you guys are both sexual individuals and you have that side of you, which is kind of something hard to bring bring up. I I, I mean, it makes it very easy for me because, you know. I know it's it's easy to you know to get right to like get, get rid to the of the, meat of yeah, the get rid of the superficial bullshit and get right down the to bullshit brass tacks. All right, so speaking of that, we have a Patreon page. That's where you can support us financially. This is a free podcast, but if you're feeling generous, we would very much appreciate it. I would very much appreciate it. Yeah, because we do need like it, it's little, mainly me. It's mainly <laughs> Cam, but it's also equipment. I mean, no, we don't need any equipment. What, what, don't wink at me. No, it's my fucking food. That you don't need to lie. I'm on the. I'm a, I'm Wait a, a second. We, you this need is a my new, full income. This to, you. You don't need to say that. Oh, we need a. New, my, maybe my computer is. That's fucked. what I'm saying. Uh, that's for yeah, sure. We but need software for your computer. More important than the food. Well, we can't provide account. a podcast if we don't have a, right. any kind of software to provide it with. All right. Well, if you want to support us financially, uh, feel free it's at uh, Patreon.com/slash/SexTalkWithMyMom. It would be very appreciated. Okay. Uh, lastly, and lastly, we have a phone line. We'd love to hear from you guys. It's not a hotline. It's a phone line. It's a hotline where you no, can call. No, stop with a, the hotline again. It's, you leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on our morning after shows and uh, we'll respond to them. I it, mean, the, you know, it's got to be juicy. But, you know, no, it, it any questions, just, it comments, be, 
Anything, yeah. Any stories? We love when you guys leave us stories about a time when you've walked in on a parent having sex or vice versa. Very funny. Um, yeah. Call us up. Leave a voicemail. Yes, text mom. That's our number. Yes, text and, mom. You know, I was thinking maybe some people didn't realize that that's the actual phone number that you have to like do the, the alphabet letter with the, you know, do you have an actual number to call? Yeah, I do. Um, you, you, you put me right out of the spot here, Boots. <laughs> Why did you do this? All right. All right I got, no. They I, can figure it out, but I'm just saying maybe they didn't realize that that's what Yes Text Mom meant. All right. Yes Text Mom is 8937. Ready? 937-839-8666. Oh, we have three sixes at the end of that? The devil. Oh, yoy, yoy. So let's get on to a little devil worshiping. Devil worshiping. You know... Cults are all the rage these days. It's it's amazing that uh, lately we, you know, we're going to have the Mormons on. We've had uh, wild, know, wild countries yeah, out there, and, and that, that Netflix show that's blowing up. I want to see that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how easily people fall into cults, which we get into in this episode. I don't think it's that crazy. It's not crazy, but it, you know what's crazy is the fact that there are humans in our society that see that there are these they create these manipulative extorting communities right. that prey on innocent people that are often vulnerable and looking for help yeah that's what that's what it is it's a psychological and then it's, and they try to keep you away from professionals like for example Scientology tries to keep you away from they don't approve of any kind of psychology or psychiatry and this particular what's it called again one taste one so taste I'm not, it doesn't know, mean like tasting you know clitorises or anything no it's actually touching clitorises so just a very brief summary because we're going to go over it again with ellen uh, who is my friend, the author of this awesome article that you guys should check out, Bloomberg Business Week. Anyway, <laughs> it, 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 orgasmic meditation is what these people preach. They, it's, it's considered like a, like a wellness startup-y kind of business, okay? And they say that by it is in order to allow women to get more in touch with their orgasm in their own pleasure and allow men to start growing, developing a respect for women, which I think these are great goals goals um they they basically train people how to manipulate a clit no no no. manipulate a clit is a good way to yeah it is it is how do you it's not a fingering and right you know, would you consider it, this fingering yes i do consider it fingering you're not inserting necessarily although it sounds like there was fingering, a little fingering fingering doesn't little. have necessarily mean you just insert it, it's not called inserting it's called fingering for a reason you're using your fingers all right you're fingering all right all right and basically my, how to finger effectively and only the women are are serviced, but men basically for fifteen minutes will use a glue, a glove and a lubric a lubricated glove, yeah, and they will massage the clitoris and and it, this is I mean this has gone to an extreme extent, ex- especially at the upper echelons of this organization. Well, and, multi-million dollar business, yeah, that that provides these. I mean, they started creating these like community houses where people would live and then like Mary, go out arrange I mean, marriages it really is arrange like a, sexual encounters all right we're not going to tell you too much more just stay tuned it's a phenomenal interview and i'm so excited to to uh bring you aboard and let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the clits and the trees the clits and the trees i don't know what that meant <laughs> i'm going backwards fingerings fingerings see there's nothing really that Birds All right. And the bees and the hmm. fingerings on your knees. Again with the knees. What do we need? That's what you did last time. All right. Bye. Stay tuned. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We are excited. We want to talk about pussies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you recently cracked the story on One Taste. Um, can you give us a brief synopsis on what this whole article was about? Well, who, yes. who is Ellen, first of all? Let's start with that. All right. Oh, good point. Cam, we were in college together, but now I can't remember what classes we took together. I can't remember what classes we took together either. It was like human sexuality or something like that? <laughs> I did take I, that IHUM class. Did yeah, you? I want to say it was maybe like a law class or... Anyway, the point is, yeah, I, I remember you from Stanford. Was Hello. he Was he cute? Nice to talk to you again. Well, I, you know, I'm not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little crush on you as well, but oh. I, I don't think our paths ever crossed. Oh. And here we are. This is so exciting. Here, here we, we are, are to talk, talk about stroking clitoris. That's right. <laughs> where, where do you um, live now? 
I live in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I work for Business Week. I mean, I work for Bloomberg, which owns Business Week. So I write for both Bloomberg News and Business Week magazine, which is um, where this story ran a couple weeks ago. So it was about uh, One Taste, which is a sexual wellness health company started in San Francisco and has locations in New York, London, and LA. They've been around for about 15 years and they teach um, a practice called orgasmic meditation known as OM for short, O-M. And it's this very specific uh, partnered practice in which the stroker, one person is the stroker, it's usually a man, um, uses a glove and some lube on his fingertip and then strokes for 15 minutes very gently uh, the clitoris of a woman. Um, Wait, can, have, have, you, whole... <laughs> have you witnessed this? I So I did. I went to one of the classes. Oh, I went wow. to their introduction to OM class, which is kind of the standard. It's an all day. I went on a Saturday, which I got a work credit for, which was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went on a Saturday and they hold it at their office, which is in San Francisco on Market Street, like right across from Uber. And they... Uh, yeah, they do a demo right before lunch. So they show you and I had I had at this point read so much about it. I kind of knew what to expect, but it is wild. So it's like the the teachers are usually a man and a woman teach the class together. And then they talk a lot about what it you know, what the one taste philosophy is and what orgasmic meditation is all about. And then they um, bring out a massage table. The woman in this case, like hiked up her skirt and then he does the demo and anyway, so the demo, right, so it's it's this, you know, they have a lot of rules about how you're supposed to do this practice. Um, Is it like the alphabet? It, no, it's very, <laughs> very gently up and down on the upper left quadrant of the clit. So they tell you if you're facing, um, and for years they used the term pussy and cock for all, like a catch-all term for their vaginas but and and penises, but now they're like, trying to make it a little more palatable to a wider audience. So they now refer to them as genitals, but I digress. So they tell you, yeah, if you're facing the clitoris, it's like the one o'clock position. You're supposed to stroke it very gently. Is and that like more sensitive for all women? It, I have no idea. It sounds like a little too much for me. Like, I, I don't know. They, they have, I have never tried it, but um, you know, they, in all the demos, it's like, it kind of looks like the guy is playing an instrument. Like he gets really into it and the woman is like making whatever noises she feels like she would like to. And it's a very, like, it's a very intense experience to watch it. And then, um, you know, they used to have students do this practice at the end of the intro to ohm class. Oh my God. Um, I know, which is crazy. And I think they stopped doing that. Uh, Were they you, say like you, it, you, like yeah. you would, you would actually, yeah. Be- like, yeah, they would they would hold a lab at the end of the day where you would try it. Unbelievable. Um, you partner up with someone. And, and but you didn't it. try um, it. I did not. I did not. I uh, a lot of people who I talked to in the course of reporting the story asked me if I had, and I kind of thought anyone I knew who knew how to do it was also a source of mine, and I'm really you know not going <laughs> to do a sexual thing with a source that seems inappropriate, even though one taste believes that orgasmic meditation is not sex. They're like it's very different. It's a meditation right right yeah so so anyway so they they teach this class this is their thing they have a whole philosophy around it one taste as a business makes money by selling courses that are range from you know like the day long intro to ohm to like weekend classes about relationships and desire um and then they also do longer like intensives and retreats where sometimes maybe you get access to higher up teachers and you learn about, you can learn stuff from them or you do retreats that help you like grow as a leader, that kind of thing. There's a lot of personal, so it's a personal transformation company and Mm. similar to Landmark or, um, you know, like some Tony Robbins seminars and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, things that market um, this ability to become a better version of yourself. Um, And the, so, but the, you know, the story that I wrote about basically, you know, one taste has had a lot of coverage in the past because it's such an unusual practice. People are really into it. So obviously that just makes for an interesting story. Um, but I ended up meeting people who had had really terrible experiences being part of one taste. And in part it's because it's a, when you, you can take some of the classes and sort of, uh, you know, learn some stuff and move on. And then other people get really involved. And so, you know, the pitch that they often give to people is a pitch of like, you'll learn how to um, 
you know, be better connected to other people, teaches intimacy, teaches these things that people really want. And a lot of people think, you know, it's like, oh, for the woman, the pitch is, um, you know, receiving pleasure for 15 minutes without any expectation of like reciprocating, which is really nice for them. And for the men, they also teach like, you know, you'll be more sensitive to what a woman's body wants. Um, They tell you, you know, just it'll feel good for the guy too. like just like when you're petting a soft cat, it it's nice for the cat, but it's also nice uh, for the petter. Great analogy. Yes. (laughs) Very appropriate (laughs) analogy. analogy. Um, Yeah. And they um, but yeah, for those who are really looking for something deeper in their lives, this idea of this community, you know, everyone in there seems really turned on and happy and they like they found some certainty and in some ways they often feel that way when they're in it because like you're living this really exciting life working together with people who um are also working toward this purpose of like bringing orgasm to the world and they use orgasm as a catch-all term for like sexual energy like sort of sexual and spiritual energy Mm. um and they can i can i stop for a second yeah yeah of course i I don't understand something okay so (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand a lot of this stuff but I took a blowjob class. What do you mean you took a blowjob class? I did. I took a blow. It was. It was. I actually. It was actually a hand job and blowjob class. Oh wow! Like, Where's where are you getting taught these things? It was at a sex uh, like uh, like a uh, a high class sex shop. I had no idea that you did and, this. And did they I, have like a high class name for the blowjob? It was called high. It was called blowjob class one hundred and one. No, I just <laughs> anyway. Um, it was like it was a fun thing to do with some of my friends. Uh, it's a one-time thing. We learned some techniques, although I was so drunk I forgot them all. But the point is that I remember I was up. I was kind of cognizant of the hand job part, but by the time we got to the blow job part, it was all it was a futile attempt to remember any of the techniques. But the point is, it it, it one class is all you need. Why do we? Why do they need to do more than just the petting of the uh, clitoris thing? Multiple I, feel, times. I feel like I'm well prepared given what you've already told me. <laughs> you got the upper left quadrant <laughs> of the clip. Got 15 minutes, lubricated glove. Let's call it a day. Yeah. yeah. That's it's my funny question. The position that they have you get in is actually quite complicated. There's pillows and everything involved in how to like set it up, right? But yeah, you can learn how to do it in a day. I think what they teach in the later classes is more, it's more of this personal transformation stuff. It becomes. Mm. How do you, you know, one of their philosophies is that like your desire should be the thing that leads you above all. Right. And, you know, so how do you connect with your desire? Like, how do you sense what you really want? And then they teach Mm. classes, um, you know, men's courses where it's like, how do men, you know, how they've been taught to relate to women and, you know, how should they be reteaching it? And I I think all this stuff, uh, yeah, I mean, can be really appealing and and does take more time than just um, doing the orgasmic meditation practice but they've kind of connected it so it's like they teach that doing the own practice you know multiple times a day which many of the most devoted people do uh you Wait, know multiple helps. times a day oh, after yeah, yeah. The one yeah so if you work for well so that you don't necessarily they like to differentiate between climax and orgasm orgasm is this like state of i don't know being turned on climax they sort of deride as like this quick and dirty thing that other people search for. Oh, but anyway, yeah, the, yeah, that's a whole other thing. They have so there's a lot of philosophy that goes with it, and they teach you basically that doing the practice um, is part of the lifestyle of like leading leading in this new way of life, where you're like more in touch with your desire, you're more turned on, you're like better able to connect with other people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, at the core, it sounds pretty good. I mean, I, I, there's, I think there's some truth to that. Like if yeah oh yeah yeah totally I, and then I think then uh, it does kind of get taken too far right so for a lot of people the main ways that their experience with one taste went south is like they get really drawn into this group they um, and they really get quickly pulled in deep so a lot of people will leave their jobs mm. and start to work for one taste a right. lot of them will what do leave you mean their they homes. leave their jobs to go stroke. Vaginas? They go. They go work in sales for one taste. So they, they go. They want to get people to, yeah. to to jerk each other off. Or yeah, <laughs> is and that they, what is going on? I mean, they, they, when they leave their jobs, they're basically getting recruited to work for one taste. And yeah, that, and that means like they are the models or the ones that are demonstrating. They they help run the classes. They call people who you know have come to past classes, try to express interest in like. Wow, this sounds like landmark. Class. 
A little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these groups put pressure on members to spread the word. Right. And so this is part of it. So they do that, you know, but some people also left to go work. Um, you know, some people who are lawyers who maybe found the practice then go help one taste with legal stuff. And, and, and then they also, many people will leave their homes and come move into a communal home house where you live with other one taste staff and you get up at seven in the morning and you guys do two rounds of orgasmic meditation as a group. And everyone switches partners all the time. It's not supposed to be something that you do only with one person. It's like supposed to be a practice that you could do with anyone. It's so intense. It's, it's really intense. So then, yeah, the, wait, living this life do this? is... Wait, no, I wouldn't fucking want to do this. First of all, you have to share a bed with someone, which I <laughs> yeah, do not like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they had people share beds. So you live this life where one <laughs> is your part. whole world. Ellen, it's, wait one second. Yeah. This is the part that you have an issue with? I can't... <laughs> This is the part you don't have an issue with anything else except that you have to sleep in the same bed with somebody. That's the first issue I have. Well, what are you going to do when you f- eventually have a partner? And you're These are strangers you're sleeping with, or strangers that you're stroking. Oh, you're, it doesn't. You don't want come in there as a couple. No, no, you, I, and they really. do crazy. I mean, your article is insane. I mean, I read the article. I don't remember you that. That's this is the biggest problem. Is that sleeping was, in that the same was bed. a critical detail that stood out to me. <laughs> I also, I mean, you start the article by describing how this woman ended up marrying someone within yeah. like 10 months of being in this cult. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she's a great example of like, she had a different job. She was feeling sort of lost in her life. She meet, she goes to one of these like evening classes about like, oh, try orgasmic meditation, learn about this. And then her whole life changes. Like she, yeah, she leaves her job. She moves into an home house in Brooklyn. She starts working for the company. She takes all these classes. She and the thing is, the classes are very expensive. So, the you know the intensives and retreats cost anywhere from like twenty or thirty thousand dollars. What um, for? What yeah. a, a glove for and like, a lube? It, no, it's for like a couple weeks of like <laughs> intensive stuff. And then you can also buy a sixty thousand dollar membership, quote unquote, in which 60? you can take all the classes for a year. Yeah, sixty. So people go tens of thousands of dollars in debt. They spend. You know, they used to, so all the bad stuff starts to bubble up, right? It's like this company used to encourage people constantly to take on credit card debt in oh order to my. pay for courses. Where they is would this money going? Like wealthy I don't... people. Uh, into, the, into the company. I mean, my understanding is like, it's not, I couldn't find any particular place where someone was getting super rich off of it. I think it required a lot to keep the company going. And so they would just try to sell to kind of stay in the red. They said that they made $12 million last year. So that's like a pretty big business. Yeah, um, especially given that yeah. there's so few people actually involved with it. Somebody is making yeah. some money somewhere there because there's $12 million for some lube and some gloves and, and a, a place to have these sessions. The pillows, yeah. well, how much can it cost? It's a private I mean, company, right? It's not public. Yeah, a private company. And, and, they, and so I think, you know, the main things that came up in my research that like people had sort of whispered about but hadn't been recovered or covered that much was, yeah, people going into tons of debt. Um, the teachings of the courses like sometimes got used and misused to um, condone sexual assault and like uh, sort of like ordering people who to have sex with whom. So even though they're teaching this clit stroking practice, they also encourage sort of a sexual exploration where people were having sex with each other all the time. And this is in a work setting in a weird way because many people were employees of one taste or contractors and their supervisors would tell them like, oh, you're not selling enough today. You're like, um, you know, your, uh, your spirit is too messed, which was a term they used for like, too much pent up sexual energy. You're like, you're too messed. You need to have sex with so-and-so who could oh, yeah. be like your coworker or your boss or a customer. There was and, a lot of and like, what if they're big and ugly and have like balls? How about the fact so, that they're just being um, told who to have sex no, with is I mean, fucked up. But great question about like, what if it's someone you didn't want to have sex with? Because yeah. they also had this teaching called aversion practice, which taught that you would get more sexual like enlightenment if you leaned away from your preferences they thought that preferences were very bad and leaned toward your aversion so like the more aversion you had to someone if you still had sex with them then you would have broken free in some way oh, out gross. of control Ew. it is that was honestly one of the most thing like when Disgusting. i learned that i was really shocked because i just thought like i can see the kernel of why that might make sense. Like it's good to test what you think you want. Right. But the ways that I saw it 
extrapolated from there um, were, I mean, they just seemed really hurtful, really hurtful. Yeah. Um, and I talked to so many people who were like hurt by this or afterward left and th- said like, well, I agreed to do this thing that I now that I'm on the outside, I don't know why I agreed to it. And I, I either feel guilty or I feel betrayed or I feel used or I have anger or I have shame. Oh, and yeah. I mean, there's so many when yeah. it came in. Yeah. And, I mean, yes, for many people, yeah. And your article um, highlights, like, how it goes deep into affecting these people's lives. Like, I mean, marrying people, giving, disowning yeah. your families. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Mean, and man, that sounds like Scientology should, shit. At this point, I should add a, a caveat, which is that One Taste's official response is to not deny forcefully most of these things. Like, they, of course this they is do. like, you know, the newsroom lawyer would have me say, and I, and this is their official response is like, oh, you know, maybe we did some of these things, some of these other things we forcefully deny. But the thing, you know, for example, like with the whole, um, you know, your manager telling you to sleep with, they were like, well, sometimes people gave suggestions, but it was in the context of friendship and not about right. office, which is like a very gray line. But I, anyway, they, yeah. I thought that, it, you know, I, I, when reading your article, it was very interesting to me that often the excuse was, oh, well, we're a startup. And, you know, this is, we're just going through things that startups go through. <laughs> Right, yeah. like, like it somehow got conflated with this whole Silicon Valley culture. Um, yeah, that was about like labor violations. So that was another thing where they didn't pay people properly for the amount of time that they um, required them to work. So one woman had actually um, received a it was like three hundred thousand dollars settlement in part because she alleged labor violations. Like she was an independent contractor, but one taste controlled her hours and they controlled her access to customers and all these things. And she alleged like she should have been an employee, therefore was owed a lot of overtime. And and these people are working like, I mean, it it takes over their entire lives, especially if you're living in those communal houses, you're doing that, all that shit during the day, making the calls, going to those meetings at night. And then, yeah, it's, it's a lifestyle. Is there like cleaning the toilet seats with toothbrushes? Like I read in Scientology stuff. They have people clean the communal houses and they call it seva, which is a Buddhist term for like selfless service. So they take this idea, you know, when you go to, I think, a meditation retreat, for example, you help clean the place where you're staying in part because there's a belief that doing that, you know, helps you improve. You did that, yeah. (laughs) And in, in this case, they also use it as a way to like explain why these people who work for the company should be doing all this extra work. Like Like cleaning cum off of the seats and stuff. It's disgusting. Can you imagine if they're having sex all over? I don't think they're necessarily coming on the seats. Let me tell you something. When my boyfriend used to work at a strip club, he said like he wouldn't even sit on on the couches because there was so much gross stuff on there. So I can imagine if this is like... The whole idea of this organization is, is to have they're sex. They're oming everywhere. They're oming. It depends. <laughs> we get, this gets into the squirting question again. Uh, if you're squirting everywhere, this is become much messier. Is there squirt? Are they teaching? I get doubt they're teaching squirting. <laughs> Maybe are at they? The, at the further levels, they start teaching the squirting techniques. Is that true, Ellen? Are they so teaching squirting? They're they're not. I think because in general the pra- so it's complicated because the official practice is very much like there's a finger on the clit. Your other thumb, your other hand's thumb is um, at the introitus, which is the term they use for the entrance of the vagina. But there's no penetration. There's not, you know, but then on the side, they do a lot of, they do a lot of sexual exploration that I imagine involves lots of stuff. And at one point they did teach um, what they called like the male ohm, which is kind of a fancy hand job. Uh, and they did, I could have saved everybody have, a lot of money if they came with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. If you read, um, the founder had a book that came out in 2011. There's, there's uh, diagrams about how to mail ohm in there. Uh, it's ruined. Oh, I have they, ohm on my, on a, as a little <laughs> magnet and sticker on the back of my phone. I, it's ruining ohm for me. <laughs> it is. It's ruining the whole concept of ohm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the the word the word um, the word choice I think is is pretty interesting. Just like how they named it, and they have a trademark on orgasmic meditation, so you can't learn om from anyone that's not one taste. Anyway, so, are people like doing that? Are they saying like om while they're stroking clits and things like that? No, I think as far as I can tell, it's a lot of like the the men concentrate very hard on <laughs> like the point of contact. Oh, and the best part about this is after the ohm is over, you're supposed to share a frame, which is when you share like a physical feeling that you felt during the ohm. And when you watch the, you know, there are videos online of like people doing this with the appropriate parts blurred out and you see them share frames and it's always like, 
you know, at one point I felt like a string of electricity run from my heart down my arm into my finger or something, you know, like mm. to them, it has this transcendental, uh, transcendent yeah. um, did, aspect to did, it. Did you find that a lot of people were orgasming or were they just enjoying the experience? Or yeah, were, were they faking? A, that's a good question. I don't, <gasps> I don't <orgasms>. know. <laughs> I think for some, so for some women, undeniably, the attraction is this, um, this idea that, you know, for a lot of women who have never experienced an orgasm, the idea of trying this is, is very powerful. And in fact, one of the characters in the story is first drawn to one taste because she had trouble experiencing orgasm. And they do this thing where they sort of redefine what orgasm is. Like I said earlier, so they don't talk about the climax. They talk about the state of being, you know, super turned on and feeling in touch with your body. And so in, in that sense, they tell women, every woman has a potential to orgasm or like no woman is anorgasmic. That's kind of one of their teachings. I, I don't, I think that there are women who found that even though they had trouble um, orgasming before one taste that doing orgasmic meditation was really helpful for them and reaching even a traditional climax. But I don't like, I don't know. They don't quite market it that way. It's not. And for some women, honestly, like leaving, once you leave one taste, sometimes the own practice is so wrapped up in all these other things that maybe very conflicted feelings about. Yeah. Many people don't, many people don't do OM after they leave. Although some people also have sought to like teach this in a way that's separate from one taste because they believe in the power of the practice. Um, So a lot of X one tasters try to make other versions of like two taste. Yeah. Yeah. They call it like deliberate orgasm or conscious orgasm or stuff like that. I was kidding. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No one has tried two taste, but I think that's a, that's a winner. We should should coin that. Yeah. Deprogram everything you learned in one taste. So Ellen, how did you become the journalist to do this? Um, That's a great question. It was kind of, uh, it's just sort of lucky. I, had um so this was late last year actually i've been working on it for a long time late last year the company got in touch with me um because they were like hey you know do you they were a fast-growing like women's led sexual health company would you be interested in writing about about us um and i you know i'd heard about them before and so i um was like yeah sure you know i'll meet with the ceo i'll do a little research on it and at the same time, like, I don't even know if it was connected, but sometime around the same time, I, I met someone through friends of friends who told me about their experience with one taste and it was just terrible. And I had read a little about the company before, so I knew what orgasmic meditation was, but here was this person telling me about how, you know, it took them years to pay back all the debt that they'd accrued wow. from their year and a half in one taste that they felt like they'd been, you know, emotionally and, you know, emotionally traumatized by the experience that they'd had. I was like, totally blown away so i talked with this person and they you know it's kind of the the normal way right like i asked them like who else do you know i could talk to you and they put me in touch with other people oh and I, I started so you were like, like invited in as the mole yeah no as, yeah as, well as, no as this like... person was like had left so oh i see i see this person I, had left oh, okay. so they, they were thought just, you were like, gonna they, write a positive article about them <laughs> so at the, yeah at the same time it was like the company had invited me to write about them um, which is pretty common, like companies will pitch reporters all the time. And then at the same time, I independently like found a totally different angle on the story. And I was just totally, I mean, it, it was, it was kind of all consuming. At one point I even had a dream about the founder I, who I've never met Oh damn. just because I was thinking about the story so much. And I, you know, it, I, I, I didn't it's very ask, stressful. Is this girl a good looking woman? Just out of curiosity. I, oh, she's, yeah, she's compelling. I mean, I've watched a lot of videos of her. Everyone I know who has talked about spending time with this woman, her name is Nicole Dedone, um, says that she is, you know, possesses some charisma that is kind of otherworldly. Yeah, you know, I, just, yeah. this is what oh, I've heard like, about her as well. But then when I watched the TED TED talk she gave, <laughs> I was like, oh, I I don't know, I wouldn't follow, I wouldn't fall into a sex cult because of this woman. You were not attracted to her. I wasn't that attracted to her physically or spiritually. I don't, yeah. but but maybe in person she's different, and, and maybe that was just a contrived speech or something like that. It's possible, and I think I've also had people describe, you know, when they're in it, feeling like Nicole holds the power to truth of all 
yeah. you know, all, it, all orgasm, but then leave, once they leave, they watch it and they're like, wow, how was this something I, but I, I mean, I see her as a compelling That's not how person. all like the, the leader of Scientology was yeah. very charismatic. Wait, so, yeah. But she has stepped down from being CEO and she sold all of her shares of the company, right? Yeah. So it's, why did, do you know why that happened? I don't. I think uh, there are a, a lot of different business woman, that's explanations. Why. Yeah. She's jumping <laughs> um, ship. There, there, you know, it's, and people also gave me conflicting, um, reports of how involved she is behind the scenes now. I, I think one of the most interesting aspects of Nicole that uh, we haven't talked about yet is that One Taste also has this sort of religious overtone to it. If you get deep enough where they used to hold these, um, you know, a few years ago, they were holding retreats called Magic School where they teach, um, you know, all sorts of rituals sort of on the fringe of sexuality Um you know, a lot of, um, I think like BDSM teachings and things like that, but they also did ceremonial piercings and they did this ritual where they, um, selected a group of one taste members to be, um, named priests and priestesses of orgasm. And it was this whole ritual where they were dressed in white and they did this group. Um, it was like the last night of the retreat is very like exciting and sort of sacred, uh, ceremony fucking and wild they talk about yeah and so i like one of the, the guys who's actually with, with, oh, any cult this is if, if i started seeing people in all white doing piercings and doing i, I would ship i would I'd, I'd be out of my mind you'd i mean pants? but i think you get you get swept up in the excitement it was like the, i mean everyone i talked to afterward was like that was a little crazy but we it was also super fun and exciting you were like felt like you were accessing something new but anyway the point is so they have these priests and priestesses and and Nicole is sort of seen as someone described it to me as like orgasm with a capital O is this divine force. And Nicole is like Jesus. She's yeah. the person who knows how to interpret it best. And it's so, so crazy. Yeah. She really holds this intense position within the group, even if she's no longer CEO, like the people, you know, people were telling me all the time, they're like, oh yeah, you think it's so-and-so is doing this action, but she's really just acting like on Nicole's orders or they i don't know i never really was able to crack her she wouldn't respond to my i messaged her on like every platform in existence and they <laughs> you know she like did not which is totally fine that's like her prerogative so i, I did not get to speak to her which i would have loved to so when they contacted you to write the article they didn't say you're gonna be talking to nicole no because they wanted it to be a i mean they have a new ceo and um new owners and and that kind of thing so that that was one of my questions you know it sounds like in, up until 2016 they had a lot of allegations there was a lot of shit going on and then they said there was a big transformation uh do you think that now it's like somehow better and that they're not doing these manipulative extorting tactics uh there are people who reached out to me after the story ran who have been involved more recently who you know have told me that you know they were pushed to take on credit card debt to pay for courses like that's the thing that they said they stopped doing and you know i haven't written any follow-ups but like you know i think what has changed is they they have made changes about whether you do the um own practice in class or whether staff could own in the office which is something they used to do all the time they don't do that anymore Mm -hmm. so i think there are policy changes and it's hard you know a lot of the old timers are like oh it's not the same they've taken all the excitement out of it it's it's watered down i think everyone has a different opinion on how it's changing um and honestly they're also when people leave it takes them a while to process what's happened to them so mm-hmm. it was harder for me to find people who were willing to talk who had left more recently in part because of that how many people uh, do you think you talked to about this uh i think in this uh, so it's complicated there were like maybe 16 people who i talked to on my own they referred me a bunch of people during the course of fact checking to talk to. It's pretty common. The company will be like, Hey, we want to, you know, give you some access to people who had positive experiences with the company. And I think I talked to maybe nine or 10 of those since the story ran, I've talked to a lot more people. I don't really know, you know, what further reporting on this is going to look like. I don't have an obvious path, but a lot of people reached out to me say like, you know, yeah, I had a similar experience or, you know, um, you know, this kind of thing. So I think, I mean, at this point I've talked to so many people that I can't even keep track. Has um, it changed Jesus. you? Has it changed like how you feel about sex in general, orgasms or the whole process? I mean, of talking about sex to strangers? Uh, no, I, and less about sex, more about what made people really 
get wrapped up in this world. I think it's made me realize that people, humans want to belong in a group that feels like it has meaning. Community. And when you, yeah, and community and purpose, inclusion, these things are things that we all want very desperately. And, and you can get them from a lot of different places in your life. But if you're in a position where you, maybe that's a little shaky or you're missing something, uh, the prospect of a group like this is so alluring. And I don't blame anyone who feels drawn in by it because, you know, I, I'm starting to realize that I think everybody wants to feel like you're striving together with a tight group of people toward a purpose that you find meaningful like that. Especially about sex. I mean, it's different sure, than like yeah. dealing with like, like I know someone who's involved with Landmark and she, um, she just got really caught up into it. And then they started making her make these phone calls and things like that. And then she couldn't even get out of it because they kept calling and calling and that kind of stuff. But the reason that she liked it before is because she felt part of this, like this group. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think a big thing that they, that people do not teach you growing up is that you're, that we will inevitably feel some sort of loneliness that where we really will need community uh, to really get us through. And, and there are so many different, but what, what is not taught is that there are so many different ways to get this community. And so just by finding one, just go to one blowjob class. You'll get a community. <laughs> Just by finding one place, you don't necessarily you don't need to necessarily go with it. There will be more options, and what's so important to watch is the infrastructure around um, that community. Is it taking your time? Is it taking your money? Money. I mean, is, is it making you feel like you you are like this is the only solution? Um, and I think that's when these organizations can become cults. But because I think the community is super important, but it's just that the the machine behind it is what could be dangerous. Well, I think when you when you try to leave and they won't let you leave, or when they keep putting more pressure on you, then you know it's something more severe to me. Because if it's something wonderful, then nobody has to pressure you to be in it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, it's hard to distinguish between like a religion and a cult. You know, like, well, like religion could be super helpful. Mormons. Yeah, we just had a conversation with a, with a couple Mormons. Oh, wow. All about sex and, and how that's treated in that religion. And and what happens when and, you and try they, to get out of it. They were saying that they felt it was a cult. Yeah. There's so many cults out there right now. And I think it might have to do with like what we've talked about in the past with technology, keeping people away from each other interpersonally. And, and I think that more and more people are reaching out to any the kind of... The need for community is higher than ever. And capitalism really allow Like capitalism can al- allows... It. Yeah. Allows people to take advantage of others for this need but i think combining like i'm thinking the difference between like a landmark or scientology or any of these things with what you're talking about is like it's overt about like the the idea is it's it's sexual whereas like they do a lot of sexual stuff with scientology behind the scenes supposedly but when it comes to this this is like yeah the whole idea is for orgasm or whatever you call it climaxing or higher energy or whatever it is well and i think for a lot of people who are you know sort of a modern, like not religious, but spiritual. And they're searching for, you know, they want to be in touch with their sexuality. It's like a very, you know, at the, at the core of every group that people call a cult, there's usually something really valuable. And I think in this case, it's this, uh, you know, this very structured practice that helps people relate to their body and their sexuality in a new way. And like many people who hate one taste, who thinks that this company hurt them, exploited them, did all this stuff. They're like, yeah, it's a shame because uh, orgasmic meditation is like great. I yeah. mean, but they can't do it. It's too complicated for them. And some of them also said that, you know, doing the ohms all the time, uh, you know, flooded their brain with hormones and, um, things that made it harder for them to make decisions. Mm. That's kind of hard to assess, but so that that's one aspect of it. But I think many people felt like it, it did have value and that instead the wrappings around it were what, um, what left them feeling so hurt. But you, the damage too of what, of what can happen. Yeah. Do you, do you, scary. Do you think that there's a way to teach this type of practice without it becoming this weird um, or manipulative type of organization? I don't know. I think people are trying. It seems hard to get it spread to a lot of people without being really driven about it. Someone... You know, and I don't cover a lot of, you know, like spiritual teachings or spiritual business, personal transformation stuff. But I think this is um, a challenge for anyone who tries to teach 
personal transformation. There's this sense that like, because it's so, because it attracts people who are so vulnerable because they're really, really yearning for something, uh, then you have to be extra careful about how it's taught, how it's marketed, how it's sold, how, um, you know, like what the, you know, like some organizations have really strict rules about like the relationships between coaches, mm-hmm. people who serve a coaching or teaching role and people who are taking classes precisely because it, it tends to open up so much stuff about you or your body or all these things that like, I don't know, they want it. So I think it's challenging. I think a lot of places struggle with this. Like there was, um, there's a personal transformation group in the East Bay called Interchange, I think, that where the guy who ran it also uh, last year, there were some allegations about him like giving women like 2CB or other drugs and like taking advantage of them sexually. But that was in part because they were maybe like having a counseling session or the lines were blurry and it was um, it was hard to read because I think many people probably have also benefited from that teaching and yeah. it's just so complicated. Yeah, I wonder if there is a way to teach. like Yeah, be- read Nina Hartley's Guide to Total Sex. How's that? An experiential way. Experiential, yeah. yeah. Is well, there a way to well, have an experience? Ex- you know, there's sex surrogates. Yeah, but who the fuck can afford sex surrogates or find sex surrogates? Is, is well, there a way to do this? Yeah. Someone I talked to who last one taste said that this was actually what he was most sad about was that he wanted to have access to a community where he could speak openly about sex and have these sort of experiences and like could had been searching for a couple of years couldn't find something that was like one taste in that way like no in no way did he ever want to go back to that group but he wanted to find a lot of the same yeah I aspects mean, of it elsewhere he couldn't yeah i mean it, last night i cooked dinner with friends i'm a terrible cook so just i'm not great mainly and because sh- you never really taught me how to cook excuse well. me do yeah. you do you hear this ellen <laughs> Somehow this gets down to the I failed as a parent. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was an impressive. Well, you, are you, are you a good cook? What I lacked in teaching you about cooking, I made up with teaching you about sex and relationships. So this is what I'm saying. I don't think these, unless it's hands-on, I really think that cooking, something, these physical acts like sex can only be taught when the person's able to go through it themselves. Like you could teach me. Like you can say like, oh, you know, rub the, the left upper quadrant of the clitoris for 15 minutes and I'll try to do it. But I still don't really, I can't really feel it. I don't have any muscle memory. Because really it's all about it. the two, it's a couple, it's a couple thing or it's know, a masturbation But I'm saying, I'm saying so, so you can, you can learn about sex through experimenting with someone, but it, there probably is a better way if you, if you have like a master there, like I don't like what Nina Hartley was suggesting to me. I but I honestly don't know if I believe that. I think it's you know like it can what, only be taught what but well because every every partner I've had has been different. So maybe one guy likes this type of head. One maybe I like this type of uh, movement with yeah. But there's some partic- basics. But there's some basics like the I, basic elements can be taught in a book. Like don't forget that you need to do foreplay. So you're like very like very anti experiential like well, uh, no, structured not, experiential I, I think learning it'd be, it, i think you can go to like places like hedonism and and watch uh couples having sex or or watch um you know like erotics uh voyeurism what that kind of thing just you know or participate in go to be a dsm club so you can experiment around and just go see what turns you on and what doesn't or watch porn just not to get education but just to see what what's out there and then p- practice stuff with your partner on your own i don't think you need a class in it Ellen, you want to weigh in? Uh, I think I do think that there's probably value in in learning in person. But yeah, I think like the aspect of the class, maybe like paying for the classes, that's where it gets complicated or like being being sold stuff, I think sometimes makes it complicated. Or being um, told you have to have sex with somebody. That seems a well, little bit that one's disgusting. yeah, that's definitely over the line to me. But yeah, I think and but yeah, I mean they did that in search of sexual enlightenment. So right. everyone is sort of seeking this in their different way. They they wanted to have someone else make decisions for them, which like among consenting parties could be fun. But I you know, it was I think under duress, under too much pressure, um for them to really feel good about that decision afterward. What do you see as the biggest problem with this whole thing? Uh, I think it's just that there are structures. There are, I mean, this patterns of this group are reflected in other groups. This isn't like one taste figured out some way to 
make a high demand group that attracted people in. It's like, I think what's hard about this is like they're everywhere, but like there's even toned down versions of this, like in startups, right? Where they sell like a mission, they want you to come on board and it, they find ways to like make you want to come in and it feels so good. And then when you want to leave, they're like, you can't leave. We need you, you know, all this stuff. I think like the hardest part about this is that humans are really vulnerable to um, having their agency shaped by someone else with the right levers. Like, I think it just made me realize that humans don't have that much agency over what they want or how they can do. And it made me just so much more wary about how, other people can influence each other. I don't know. That's very high level, but it, it, that's what I think about when I think about this story. Wow. I mean, are you scared for, for your own well-being at this point, having publicists? <laughs> no, but I think it has been really, it's given me a new perspective on like how groups form, you know, yeah, what makes a healthy community, what makes one that's too high demand. And, and it has made me realize more about, yeah, how I could be influenced myself and how I could think about things differently just because of who suggested it to me or what pressures I'm under, that kind of thing. So it does fuck with your mind a little, for yeah. sure. We we have to uh, wrap this up because we're almost out of time. Uh, we end with the same question for everyone, which is, <laughs> have you ever walked in on a parent having sex or vice versa? Oh, wow. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug for our audience to find more of your work? Oh, ooh. Um, you yeah. can so if you want to find my story just i would just google like bloomberg one taste uh you'll probably find it the title is the dark side of orgasmic meditation very and and you'll know you found it because the background is black and the text is white it's very spooky it is very uh, spooky yeah very dramatic uh if you want to see more of my work and also my medium quality joke tweets not as funny as cams not nearly <laughs> oh, as funny as cams you can follow me on twitter at ellen hewitt it's E-L-L-E-N-H-U-E-T. Well, I for sure I'm going to do that. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Ellen. Oh, my God. Thank this you. This is so really fun. fun. Wild. Yes. Yeah, lots. <laughs> give it a lot of food for thought. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.